Welcome to the Flourishing Together podcast, where we consider journeys of hope and stewardship in education. Each episode, I'm joined by colleagues in the world of education to explore a different topic, where I'll be asking for their wisdom and their top tips. Thank you for journeying with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Flourishing Together podcast. I'm Ryan Parker, RE and Christian Ethos Advisor for the Diocese of St Albans, and I'm delighted that you're able to join us as we travel together, reflecting on journeys of hope and stewardship in education. As we take our first steps into these podcasts, we're beginning by exploring questions of spirituality and spiritual development within school contexts. And I'm so pleased to be joined by Anne Lum. Anne, hello. Hi Ryan, good to see you. I'm so pleased that you're you're able to join us Anne and as many listeners know I'm deeply interested and fascinated around questions of spirituality in schools, the what, the why and the how and I don't mean to embarrass you too much Anne but your two Grove books have been deeply influential around my thinking of these areas. So you've written one on spirituality in a performance-driven culture and another one about creating a culture of well-being. And so I'm so pleased to to welcome you to the podcast today and discuss with you some of your key reflections in these areas. But, But first, I wonder, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, yeah, thanks, Ryan, and uh, thanks for that introduction. Uh, And thank you for inviting me to join in with these conversations. Uh, It's a real privilege, so thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I've worked in education for over 30 years altogether um, in different phases. So from early years right through to uh, initial teacher training um, in a variety of roles. So uh, teacher, advisor, researcher, lecturer. Um, And I'm passionate about nurture of the whole person, uh, whether that's a child or an adult. Um, And I'm also passionate about ways of supporting and enabling uh, the creation of an environment where everyone can flourish um, and maintain their well-being, um, both physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Um, So, yeah, over the years, I've carried out research into spirituality and uh, nurture of the whole child as well. And I think um, I'm really pleased that today's focus is on spirituality, because I think it's often the area that can get missed out um, because it's perhaps perceived as being hard to define um, and quite difficult to be measured in uh, quantifiable ways. So uh, it's great to be able to focus on spirituality today. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Anne. And I'm, I'm so, so delighted you're able to join. So I know you've done lots of thinking and reflection in this area, and you're absolutely right. Um, I was particularly struck when I started training as a teacher and then entered into the teaching profession, then actually although there's a growing amount of support and research and literature now, um, there's not much support offered on, say, teacher training routes, or, and sometimes it's hard to, to kind of find and, and, and locate. And coming to this kind of thinking about what is spirituality, what do we mean by it, it's, it's sometimes it's quite hard to define. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'd much rather that there was kind of rich discussions of what this concept, this idea could be, rather than it being kind of fit neatly into a box and prepackaged of here's spirituality, here you go. It's not something that can be opened up or discussed or wrestled with. And 
you know, it's, I think that's where lots of those in the teaching profession, lots of school leaders, they want to kind of go on that journey of, you know, what does it mean for me? What does it mean in our school context? So I wonder from your perspective, what's your understanding of spirituality? Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's good that we each get the opportunity to kind of wrestle with that for ourselves. Um, as you say, rather than just taking on board um, someone else's uh, definition, perhaps. Um, I think for me, spirituality is about the recognition um, that there's more to life than just what we can see in front of us. Um, so um, my thinking kind of de has developed over the years, but continues to grow and develop as well. And I was listening recently to a podcast on science and faith and how some scientists working on the Hadron Collider project uh, relate to having um, a spiritual faith or a religious faith. Um, and one of the people interviewed spoke about the discovery of dark matter. Um, so this is very much in layman's terms because I didn't really understand all that they were saying, but um, basically all the stuff in the universe that we can't see that's actually greater in mass than what we can see. Um, so I can't comprehend how that works, but it makes me go, wow. Uh, and may, makes me think that maybe um, science fiction, like Doctor Who, for example, is closer to, to truth and reality um, than we realise. Um, and I think it's also about how we relate to ourselves, um, to each other, uh, the world around us and the divine or God. Um, and to use uh, Rebecca Nye's phrase, she talks about relational consciousness. Um, and having said that um, we don't want to necessarily take on packaged definitions I do actually like uh, Rebecca's simple definition of spirituality being um, something around uh, God's ways of being with children and children's ways of being with God um, and I think that's quite a helpful um, hook if you like uh, and way into thinking about and discussing spirituality. Yeah thank you and I think Rebecca Nye's work around this relational consciousness of spirituality perhaps being all about relationships you know, relationships with self, with others, with the world, and for some to, to God or something divine. Um, I think that's been really useful. And I've been struck particularly how when I've been exploring and discussing this with school leaders, they've thought, well, actually, don't we do so much already in the natural life of the school, be that curriculum, be that worship, be that extracurricular stuff. And I wonder then, in, in your opinion, we may think about spirituality as much as we like, but for you, why do you feel it's an important aspect of school life to consider? Um, so uh, we haven't got that long <laughs> this morning. <laughs> um, so just to try and distill it down a little bit, um, I, I guess the bottom line statutorily is that both Ofsted and Symes have a remit um, to inspect the provision of opportunities for spiritual development, but um, that's kind of very much a baseline um, and actually it's it's far more important than that isn't it um, so I think all schools need a shared understanding of spirituality um, so that they can think about and meet the needs of uh, the spiritual needs of children and adults um, can be addressed and, and met and thought about alongside mental physical and emotional needs because it's about the whole person um, and it's about how that spiritual side of things can contribute to well-being um, and flourishing. And I think that's become especially important as we've emerged from the pandemic and all the, the lockdown restrictions, just having those spaces to acknowledge how um, difficult it's been 
on all sorts of different levels. Um, and yeah, not, not just physical, not just emotional, not just mental, but actually spiritual as well. Um, and I've, I've been thinking a bit around and considering um, the whole area of lament uh, recently, as well as, as kind of spiritual um, aspect of our lives that in the West, we don't really tackle that well or acknowledge that well. And that actually we've had tough times and sometimes we just need to sit with that um, and have that moment of lament that the Bible explores so well uh, and so deeply. And that can help us, I think, just to say, yeah, it's OK. I don't feel great at the moment. And spiritually, I, I do feel low, but actually God's got this. And um, yeah, just just to know that it's OK to lament um, and that there aren't always simple answers to things. And I think that's that's part of what exploring spirituality is about and for children and young people and adults that actually um, that aspect of life, um, you can't just sweep it under the carpet. We need to acknowledge it. Um, and yes, we might find peace and joy, etc. through that, but actually it's important to acknowledge it as well. So I think lament uh, and that aspect of our experience, it's, it just feels important to me that we can explore that uh, particularly emerging from the pandemic years, I think. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's so much from your your words there, Anne, that I think we could draw out. And certainly this is an area which I feel schools are more and more interested in, this area of spirituality and its development, because it is so important to the holistic flourishing. You know, there's so much that we do in schools to contribute to the flourishing of pupils, and spirituality is, is such an important area there. And I'm, I'm conscious that each and every school is on its own unique bespoke journey in thinking about this area and of course often that starts with uh, the what of spirituality and then the why of spirituality just like we have so far um, in our conversation but then it's taking that next step about the how question so let's say a school has thought about the what and the why of its spirituality um, and its understanding of spirituality and wants to move forwards for you, how might schools, what wisdom can you give for schools who are thinking then about how might we go about creating the right conditions for spirituality to flourish? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Ryan, that it's um, important that every school uh, and leadership in every school kind of recognise where they're at on their journey. So some of the things I might say, um, you know, pe some people... Uh, dropping into the podcast might think oh yeah we, we already do that we do that we do that um so um it's just kind of bringing a few things together i think a, a few thoughts um so i think it's about uh, ultimately creating a, a whole culture um where there are spaces for spirituality uh, and flourishing that are both intentionally created um spaces but also that we allow um opportunity for spontaneous spaces so um, these can be uh, physical space, they can be subject spaces, they can be spiritual space, they can be relational space, all sorts of different spaces. And um, a lot of people now kind of talk about safe space and, and that's really, really important. But it's it's how we create those in those different sort of areas, I think. Um, and as children and adults get used to the intentional or planned spaces that we can create in each of those areas, um, that can then form a framework for daily life in school 
Um, and ultimately, you know, with, with any framework, you want to not have to be continually thinking about it and ticking it off and thinking, yeah, we've done that, we've done that. But actually, there should come a time when the school culture shifts from that, that kind of ticking off, making sure we're doing the things we need to do, um, which is important. But actually, we want to be moving towards spirituality, actually being woven through the whole fabric of the school community. Um, so it's not something we have to do or fit in or add on as an extra thing to squeeze into the, the day. It's actually the way we live um, and the way we are. Um, and yeah, how, how we move through to make it more of a culture rather than that's lived out rather than something that we kind of tick off um, in order to, to meet inspection requirements, for example. Uh, going back to my earlier comment that it's not just about meeting the requirements of inspection. This is about actually how we live and operate as a community. Oh, wonderful. I think that's really, really fabulous. I love that kind of sense of weaving spirituality throughout school life. And, you know, it's, I think it's, it's really worthwhile thinking about, yes, you've got those intentional spaces where spirituality might be developed and spiritual opportunities for reflection might take place, but also that spontaneity. And, you know, it's, and I think if a school has kind of that shared understanding they can kind of recognize that more readily it's like yes well this is a spiritual moment this is a, a meaningful opportunity so it's kind of moves and kind of fluctuates between planned yes but that leads to kind of spontaneous opportunities again coming back because there is that that intentional that intentionality about this is part of school life a really important part of school life in enabling everyone in our community to flourish which i think is is, is wonderful and, and coming off that as well, I think what's really easy is for schools to think, right, spirituality. Well, a real powerhouse for spiritual development is collective worship. And so we've got that area there. And that's an easy space to think about and, and create. But how could we go perhaps about thinking more broadly about, say, for instance, curriculum and spirituality? Um. Yeah, so um, I think it begins with that intentional um, making time for moments of reflection or pauses in the learning, um, which can happen in any lesson uh, right across the curriculum. So, for example, um, there being an expectation when you're planning a lesson that there'll be a pause at some point uh, to process or reflect on learning um, or for children to ask questions or consider a deeper or, or a bigger question. Um, and I've been involved uh, in our diocese, um, several schools got involved with the what if learning um, approach to the curriculum. Um, and that's helped many of our schools to develop a way of framing lessons that makes space um, for the big questions to be asked and explored. Um, and again, that's throughout the curriculum. So it's not just about the RE, it's actually, well, what are some of the big questions that we're asking in science? Um, and I often um, talk about uh, in science, some of the greatest discoveries have been made when scientists have got to the limits of their knowledge and they've used their imagination and they've thought, well, what if, whatever. And that's when a leap has been made into something new and discovering something new or experimenting on something new. You know, experimentation starts with imagining, doesn't it, and, and creativity. So um, I think it can, can start... Um, in small ways uh, and gradually build up so that eventually, again, teachers do this automatically and they don't always have to write it down. I know in one of the schools that I was working on, the What If Learning Project, 
they introduced it and and I did the training with the staff and they said right on your um, planning uh, make sure you've got a box as a reminder what's our big question in this lesson or what's the what if question um, to begin with but then as they got used to doing that they didn't need that because they automatically thought about it as they were planning so it's it's opportunities like that I think where you, you begin intentionally as we said earlier but then it becomes just part of what you do mm. and I think in within the curriculum that's perhaps an area that um, some schools are moving more into and considering more, but I think there is a lot of, of room for, and lots of possibilities for that to happen within the curriculum. Yeah, oh, thank you, Anne, I really, really like that. And it is tough in many ways, you know, I was recently in schools and it seems like you've got such limited time and it's kind of, there seems to be that kind of fast-pacedness of we've got so much, and I hate this word, to deliver. Um, and, you know, I, I argue really passionately against that. But sometimes it feels like we've got so much that we want pupils to know, to learn, to think about, yeah. that sometimes you've really got to make a stand and say, well, actually, what is education all about? Yes, it's the head is really important and what pupils know, but it's also heart and it's also hands. So you've got lovely models um, such as the what-if learning, um, which provides that kind of space um, and those questions and those times to reflect and kind of alongside that, the kind of so what as well, you know, so we've learned this, we've thought about this, but what might that mean for us? Yes, we've learned about climate change, say in science or geography, but let's just take a step back. What does this mean for us, how we live individually, how we live as a school community, a local community, national, global? Um, yeah, and I think that's really powerful. So. I'm interested then, thinking about this kind of whole school intentional approach, um, for, your, for you rather, how can or might a whole school approach to spirituality and well-being be developed? Yeah, so um, I think perhaps we just need to take a, a step and, and think about how spirituality relates to well-being um, and then think about how we develop that uh, as a whole school. Um, so I think, as, as I said earlier, it's in order to be whole people, uh, we need to pay attention to our spiritual lives as much as our physical, mental and, and emotional lives. So um, I often ask the question, um, when we stop doing, who are we being? And um, or we might ask the question uh, of all members of the school community, who are we becoming uh, as well within that? And um, I often sort of look at obviously Jesus's example in the Bible um, where we see Jesus living God's best way as it was intended we should live right from the beginning um, of creation and throughout the gospels we see Jesus being the calm center in the midst of life storms um, so sometimes those are physical storms sometimes emotional mental or spiritual so I think for me I think we should perhaps be asking when we face our own storms not what would Jesus do but who would Jesus be um, and I think one of the greatest gifts we can give the children and young people in our care is that gift of developing a calm centre. Um, and that was actually a description um, that um, a teacher of a year six boy gave to me uh, once when I was doing a science inspection, actually. And um, this boy had been sitting his SATs tests and had both anger and anxiety issues. But his teacher said that opportunities provided for the boy to flourish spiritually had actually enabled him to develop that calm centre that meant that he could go um, and sit and complete his SATs. 
So I think for me, it's it's going back to what we said earlier about it being um, creating a culture where everyone can be become the best version of themselves and be at peace with themselves, um, with each other, uh, with the world around them, and and with God, um, and come into that whole concept of shalom, uh, of peace um, that we see in the Bible. Um, so I think that's that's kind of an important area of um, development within our schools to then link into well-being and um, creating that that sense of calm and peace and um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we're going to be immune or, or cut off from the difficulties we talked about that earlier but actually when we face those difficulties have we got um, that calm center so in terms of, of a whole school approach to that I think it begins with senior leaders modeling um, leading that approach so that everyone in the school community is valued and enabled to flourish. Um, and so that, you know, in a lesson, if a, a teacher does have that kind of moment where they think, wow, this is going in a slightly different direction, but actually this is really important. And they know that it's going to be okay to go down that route, not necessarily for the rest of the lesson, but for, for a little while uh, and then bring it back but actually know that within the culture of the school that senior leaders would be okay with that and would be endorsing that and that that is being modelled through the way that they're leading the school as well so that it becomes a whole school culture uh, of enabling everybody to flourish um, and know that they're valued and uh, that their well-being is important on all those different levels, including spiritual. Oh, fabulous, fabulous. Um... I mean, there's so much there, which I'd love to kind of unpick and explore. And you can kind of just sit with, you know, some of those key things. And, you know, with kind of Rebecca Nye's relational consciousness and relationships with self, others, the world, and for some with God, you know, there's, there's so much of school life that you can see within those areas. Yeah, yes, worship, yes, curriculum, but also, you know, well-being and, and a whole myriad of, of other aspects. And, you know, you're reflecting on, on the ministry and person of Jesus within there. And, you know, so often through, through the Gospels or the Psalms or through Genesis, you know, you can see those that focus on good, healthy relationships um, with others, with God, with self, with the world. And, you know, how within that culture of Jesus's ministry, he took time out to, to be, to reflect, which helped him to navigate and, and go forward more purposefully. And I think that's great for that culture of, you know, and modeling from the top, you know, senior leaders also taking that space to be like, okay, let's just be still, let's be, let's, let's refocus, refresh, and take that perspective of what's been a really challenging few years in education, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to acknowledge, recognize. Sorry, Anne, you were going to, to yeah. mention. No, I'm just also thinking that it's it's about um, that rhythm, isn't it? And developing the right kind of rhythm. Um, I think it was Kate Coleman in, um, in her book uh, on leadership, uh, women in leadership. Um, and actually, I heard her speak on this as well. And she was talking about um, developing a, an appropriate rhythm. So whether that's a rhythm during the day, uh, or on a longer period in a week or a month acknowledging and recognizing yeah there's going to be really busy times but build into that some opportunity to pause and to reflect to pray if you if you're a praying person um at, at appropriate times and that actually that's it's possible to do that even on a, a 90 minute cycle it doesn't have to be a really long cycle but 
again, it's just modeling that um, and enabling people to kind of draw from that what is appropriate for them. Um, but yeah, and that whole area of developing a, a, a good rhythm so that you're operating out of rest and not out of rush. Um, I've just made that up. Not <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and uh, yeah, people who kind of operate from a place of rest, you've, you kind of, I don't know, you can draw strength from them in a way, I think, yeah. um, as well. And yes, they might be busy, but they build, just build in those moments, uh, even if they're only slight pauses or quick pauses. And if you've got young children, you're trying to build it up. That, that's all you need with young children, isn't it? It's just that that 30 seconds. OK, let's just stop. Let's not rush around. Let's just think about what we're doing or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and actually, that is relatively easy to do if we've got it in our minds to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, super, super. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely magpieing that phrase, that's for sure. Um, so I know many schools are, as I said, they're, they're really exploring this because they know the importance and, and see the value um, of, of spirituality and thinking about it really intentionally. So I wonder then, just as my final question, yeah, the Grove books that you've written, you know, I can really commend them. There's lots of really rich thinking to, to draw upon there. Um, is there any other advice or wisdom that you'd like to give colleagues who would like to explore spirituality in school contexts even further? Um, yeah, so you're right. There's lots of resources out there. Um, but I would highly recommend um, the materials that uh, Diocese of Gloucester have produced recently on their website. Uh, they've done some great work on developing a language for spirituality, uh, which I've um, explored a little bit with one of my schools that they, they really appreciated. So, um, But I think other top tips might be around um, starting off by agreeing a whole school definition of spirituality. Not to say that that's going to confine you to that definition, but it just gets people talking, you know, going back to what we said at the very start, that we're all on a journey. Every school's on a journey. They'll be at different stages. But actually, um, rather than just assuming that everybody has the same understanding, have those conversations. And also so that if you've developed that understanding and language, when you get new staff joining, it's then easier to explain, well, this, this is kind of where we're up to on our journey. This is what we understand by spirituality. And inviting them to join in with that conversation and to add, add their understanding as well so that it becomes owned by everybody um, and not just set in stone, this is what it is and this is how we do it, but actually, um, in, yeah, inviting people in uh, to the conversation and into the journey, I think. Um, I think consult, if you're a church school, uh, talk to your diocese, your diocese and education team um, for any school, look at those diocese of Gloucester um, materials. Um, but I think the key things for me are begin in small ways, but enable everybody to involved in creating those spaces to explore spirituality. And I'd suggest it's not just about teaching staff or TAs and in the classroom, but actually if you can encourage all staff to join in with that conversation, um, some of the most meaningful conversations can take place on the school playground at lunchtime with a midday supervisor. So do they have that understanding as well, for example? Or in a, in a big secondary school, it might be for a student that a safe space is a, a member of the office staff or someone in the library. Do they have that understanding as well? Are they able to create those spaces um, for students? Um, be intentional, as we said earlier, but also make space to be surprised. I think that's really important. And keep asking that question, who are we becoming? Um, I think hopefully that kind of 
summarizes some of the things that we've we've just been talking about amazing well can i just thank you so much Anne, for taking the time to to contribute to this podcast to help us think about our own journeys in hope and stewardship as we seek to, to flourish together in school contexts. So thank you ever so much and, uh, you know, lots and lots to reflect on. So thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode of the Flourishing Together podcast. To receive updates on future conversations and access previous ones, Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for journeying with us, and I hope that you can join us next time.